Hello and welcome to SEO SES with me, Hannah Bryce, SEO manager at Holland and Barrett, and the person it's impossible not to like, with a heart of gold, an addiction to coffee, and a woke, positive attitude to life. Sarah McDowell, SEO content executive, also at Holland and Barrett. We are called SEO SES, and the SES bit stands for Special Answering Service because we like to bring you different topics each week, covering lots of different aspects about SEO. Uh, have a debate every now and then, give our opinions, sometimes talk absolute waffle, um, and but often getting some really, really good, great expertise out there from our guests. Sarah, how are you? Oh, my heart's warming from what you introduced me as. I have to be honest, I did plan that earlier. Like, it's not come straight off the top of my head. I, I did write that oh, down. So you could have, like, got away with that. No, but like... I mean it all. I literally planned it out. I was, I, yeah, I sat and spent time doing that. I can tell, and <laughs> it warms my heart. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, so, yes. Um, how are we doing? Oh, yes, very good. Oh, did you did you ask me how I was doing? I did, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've still got poorly brain. <laughs> Aww. you know when like your head's a bit foggy and um like I'm I'm on it and um I feel like I can talk on the podcast and it'll be fine but you know when you your brain's just a bit slower uh yes yeah I've definitely yeah yeah so, what, what were you gonna say oh no I was just gonna say yeah definitely yeah not a stranger to having a slower brain occasionally and also it is the weekend and you've had a long busy week so I have had a long busy week and um yes and it is the weekend it's Saturday morning and yes and I'm very much looking forward to uh, a chilled weekend um so so yes um what um I imagine your husband is off doing something crazy right now Yep, he is on mountain leader training up in the lakes um, whilst I'm here in lovely Leicestershire. <laughs> Seriously, whatever, like every time I ask like what Dom's up to, my life just feels so boring in comparison because the stuff that he does, it's like, yeah, like I used to be shocked at the crazy stuff he does. Like when he cycled from, was it Telford to like Le- that. Leicester? But now I'm just like, of course he did that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'd be disappointed if there was a weekend where he wasn't doing something <laughs> a bit like weird and wonderful. Well, just crazy, crazy maybe, in a good way. Maybe he needs to do a podcast <laughs> yeah, about his experiences. Yeah. <laughs> um, lovely. So it's not just us two today, is it, Hannah? No, and no, that's a good thing. It's <laughs> what are you trying to say? You don't like uh, time with me? No, just me on the pod. We have a very exciting guest. We do have a very exciting guest. Yes, sorry, um, I won't go off on a tangent. So we have a wonderful guest lined up for you wonderful people. Um, and his name is Rick Rodriguez. And Rick is head of search at Vashi, which is an online jewelry store. Uh, he's also a co-author of an amazing bestseller, speaker, head judge and mentor so I have no idea how he's found the time to like come in and talk to us so we're very appreciative so welcome to the show the wonderful Rick. Hello yeah it's great to be here wonderful speaking to you guys um I've been looking forward to this for a long time so it's great to be talking to you. 
Aww. Aww. So lovely. It's so lovely. So, so lovely. And the feeling is mutual. I'm <laughs> <laughs> very kind. <laughs> yes, we're in a very fortunate position of having a platform where we can invite really good people to have really good conversations. So, yes, I um, am very much looking forward to this episode and I think it's going to be very valuable for our dear listeners. <laughs> um, are you having a good Saturday morning so far? Yeah, I, I can't complain. Um, I've, I've I spent most of the morning doing something I'm not like totally, it's quite new to me. So um, I've got to shoot, like uh, I've been asked to shoot a number of promotional videos and for some of the awards I've been doing, um, some, some videos of me reading out people. But I tend to do more of the audio stuff than the kind of video stuff. So this whole world of being on camera is kind of new to me. And uh, yeah, learn, learning how I go and I'm sort of not, not sure about it still, but we'll get I'll tell there. you what, when the lockdown first happened and everyone was doing like virtual calls and like Zoom meetings or on Teams, I didn't realise how many different like things happen with my face when <laughs> you don't realise. <laughs> you know, when you just think, does my face actually pull that? Yeah. And like the different expressions that you show, like it was, yeah. I think when my first ever sort of um, virtual videos and stuff I just got so sidetracked by my face like is that what I really look like is that what I really do is that just me or did other peers no no I feel you on that one I feel you on that one I've (laughs) I've learned entirely new things about my expression that I never knew existed so I I hear you (laughs) I'm glad I'm glad we agree Hannah are you agreeing oh yeah absolutely I think um so like I really struggled to hide my emotions anyway so um, now I can see what other people see when I'm pulling that face that says, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I love all your different facial expressions, Hannah. They Thank are good. Um, right. <laughs> so, so, Rick, every guest that we invite onto our show, we like to do a quick little quick fire. Um, so, yes, it's just, just... Quick fire, say the first of it comes into your head. How do you feel about that? All right. Yes? Right. <laughs> I mean, you sound you sound very excited for this. I can tell in your voice. I mean, a little terrified, but yes. <laughs> okay. Can you whistle? Uh, yes, ish. Last thing you binged on Netflix? Uh, uh, Black Mirror. Say a word in French. Uh, bonjour. Bonjour. Uh, <laughs> say a word beginning with W. Window. Are you looking at a window? Yeah. <laughs> Was it really the first word that came into your head? Hell no. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Uh, Nando's is awesome. That's a popular opinion, isn't uh, it? Depends who you talk to. Okay. Um, last. Oh, what? What do you go? Medium, hot, very hot, or lemon? So it depends who I'm with, right? I, I mean, if 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 you've got to go very hot, if you're if you're like baller, apparently. But I, I'm I'm medium. I'm so medium. So medium. I I mean, I can't even handle medium. Um, last thing you bought to treat yourself? Uh, a phone a year ago. Wow. Oh. Uh, film that you have watched more than once. Uh, the Fifth Element. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, you're missing out. It's an awesome film. How do you wind down after a busy or stressful day? Uh, what, what, what does winding down mean? <laughs> <laughs> you 
You never wind down. I can see that. <laughs> uh, superpower you would love to have? Uh, telepathy. Oh, Ooh, good one. Have never handy. had that one. No. Uh, secret talent you have? Uh, I can sing, apparently. Oh, cool. Oh, this is... If only I knew this would have come in very handy when I was planning the future. Damn it. <laughs> um, but yes, well, that's the end of my quick fire. I think I survived. It wasn't that, it wasn't that scary, was it? That's all right. I thought it was great. Yeah, very, very insightful. <laughs> um, definitely. I mean, I love a quick fire because... Yeah, like, I, I do have to say, Hannah, our questions have got, like, more weird and wonderful as time has gone on. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You can't be asking the same ones, though, can you? No. No. But I feel like I know you a bit better, Rick. How about you, Hannah? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I feel like you two should talk to each other in French a bit more. That was fun. Ooh la la. Enchanté. Zout Petit pois. I'm running out. I'm yeah. running out. I think that's my lot, too. <laughs> Okay, so I'll swiftly move on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So Rick, I'd love you to tell us a bit more about yourself, especially around the fact that you are a co-author of an Amazon bestseller, which is pretty exciting, and also being judged for UK Search Awards, Global Agency Awards, Global Content Awards, probably even more than that. So yeah, tell us a bit more about you. Yeah, um, so I, I've, I've done so many of these sort of award shows recently that I, I'm starting to lose a little bit, sort of lose count of them. But it's <laughs> it's it's just really like it's really cool to be a part of them. Um, yeah, so um, I'm a sort of self-taught SEO. Um, I I'm like a lot of SEOs, I've I've spoken to kind of fell into it. Didn't sort of wake up in the morning and go, today I want to do this. Um, <laughs> I, I I I started out in link building. I feel like that's also a very popular career path. I've heard a lot of people go down. Um, Found out that SEO was this really weird and wonderful thing that goes on for miles and miles and miles and miles. Found out about technical SEO. That was was both the worst and best thing to have happened to me. Worst thing because (laughs) literally will not be, like I will never stop learning and there's just always more crazy stuff to find out. Um, The best thing because I love it. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much career-wise, I mean, a bit, a bit all over the place, really. Um, agency side, client side, vendor side. That was my sort of most recent role, um, and now head of search at, at Vashi, as you said. Awesome, really, really broad experience, which is really cool. And I love the fact that you're self-taught because, uh, again, I think there's quite a few SEOs who are, and it just goes. Um, I not it's underappreciated, I think, that actually people learn this amazing stuff and get these amazing results through learning it themselves a lot of the time, which is epic. The only thing that I would say is um, you didn't tell us about this book. Ah, the book. Yeah, this is, um, I, I, so it's called uh, Mastering In-House SEO. Um, It was written by the team at Blue Array. It's a great agency. Shout out those guys and shout out Simon Schneider, um, who's sort of the, the CEO over there. Those guys basically brought a load of people in-house um, into uh, sort of together, um, and we created a book that's the, effectively the go-to of how to run SEO in-house. So it's got loads of ideas and and, and cool stuff. So I'm 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 called a co-author, and I've definitely been riffing off that one. Um, mm. But, but I, uh, I I contributed a chapter, and I'm 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 very glad to have done that. 
Ah, we did have uh, Simon on a, a previous show. Um, so, so yes, and it's incredible how many people, like amazing people that got involved in that book. And I've got a copy and it is like a bit of a, like a Bible for SEO. So I have it on my desk and it's just always nice to refer back to. So um, I'll make sure that I'll link to that book in the show notes, but definitely um, one for in-house. Um, but I think it's transferable, not just only for in-house as well, but yeah. I think it's it's cool because it gives you, if you're in-house and you've got nowhere to start, a bit of a starting point. But if you're agency side as well, it gives you a view into the pressures and the ways of working of, of how an in-house business or how an in-house SEO team is structured and works. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I mean, it's called mastering in-house SEO, but it's definitely applicable to anyone that's interested in yeah. the industry. I would 100% agree. Um, what do you love most about SEO? I love this question. This is awesome. Um, cause I will like, I, I'm, I, I'm sort of like the, the, the giggling fanboy about SEO. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how, how. I love how when you think you know and you finally mastered a topic, you realize that you've only just started and there's this whole like other layer underneath that that you then have to go and explore. And like I I, I always find that there's there's lots of people that are experts and I consider experts, but I would never call myself one as to me, I'm always learning. Um, like I never feel like I'm ever gonna know enough to be at that level. Um, and I and I kind of love that that sort of part of it. Mm. Yeah, I think I completely agree with that. I, th I think definitely there's a lot of experts compared to other people. So if, if you don't know anything about SEO, then someone who knows a decent amount is going to be an, ex an expert. But if you are an expert to them, you don't necessarily feel like an expert yourself. Mm. Absolutely. And I mean, like, I, I've just started looking into it. I say started, but this, I got started getting into it about a year ago. Started looking at the science behind search. So inspired by people like Dawn Anson, like Bill Slowski, like um, Dwayne Forrester and Christian Ward over at the X team. Um, and yeah, like started getting interested in that stuff. And then I realized that like, I now need to go and learn maths again. And I now need to go and learn machine learning and science and physics. And like, I'm going back to school, but it's, it's just really interesting. It's really, yeah, really definitely. Definitely, definitely. Because I think um, what I love about SEO is like a bit of a Pandora box, isn't it? I don't know if that's the right sort of term yeah. to use here. But when you first hear about it, you're like, oh, SEO, that's about like content and keywords, isn't it? But then when you get into it and you immerse yourself and you and then you learn, actually, no, there's a lot more that you can get stuck into there's a lot more that you and it's just it just fascinates me that it is a bit like a rabbit hole isn't it um so and I think people who get into SEO and are successful and stay in SEO are the ones that find it really interesting and you can tell because they're really passionate about it and they don't just see it as work do they they see it as um something that they find interesting or they want to learn more about or it's more of a hobby isn't it rather than um just just for work I don't know if you guys would agree yes yeah. to the extent. No, I thought <laughs> long silence there guys <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm getting paid for it but yeah <laughs> no definitely 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 but I don't know I quite like understanding or obviously you can't 100% understand how search engines work can you because yeah they they keep some secrets but I I love knowing stuff Here's a question for you, Rick. What do you say to your mum or um, <laughs> yeah. relatives when you explain what you do for a job? So I, I tend to just stick with I work in marketing. 
Uh, um, yeah. And that just seems to answer a lot of questions. Or I, I work <laughs> in online marketing, you know, like the internet and stuff. Yes. Um, and then, and then, if anyone has sort of any more specific questions, I try and figure out <laughs> how to answer it on the spot. Yeah, because it's just people just you can blow people's minds a little bit too much. Or on the on the flip side, they're like, "Oh, so you're in IT?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you fix my IT issue, please? Yes. No, I flipping can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I just say yes. I'm just like, yep, give me your iPhone. I'll do something to it. I don't know if I'm doing if what I'm doing is right, but if it works, it works. Turn it on. It works. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Right. Okay. So, um, Vashi, um, I feel like I make it sound in my accent. You made it sound much nicer than me. I feel like I'm a bit too common to say it. I mean, it's 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 Vashi. I mean, <laughs> I mean you make it sound I, I, nice everyone is welcome anyway. to say it, and it sounds wonderful in everyone's Vashi. Accents. Well, yes, I'm. It's, it's a lovely it's a lovely name, but I just think my accent. You make it sound nicer. Sorry, my brain is all over the place. <laughs> so obviously, um, Vashi is um, online <laughs> jewelry. Um, and I did have a look and there are some beautiful pieces. Um, so yes. Um, so my first question to you mm -hmm. is how do you think SEO for e-commerce differs from B2B? So it's a really interesting question. And actually I've, I've been on both sides. So I'm, I'm now on the e-commerce side at Vashi, but I ran search at Regis B2B office space company for two years. Um, I, I actually think it's, it's easier to look at the commonalities than, than the differences. Because actually, even when I used to work for Regis, Regis, IWG, the parent company, had about five to six different brands at that point. And the work that we did for, let's say, Spaces, who are a bit like a, a WeWork, the, the sort of like the, the, the sister sort of company to, to WeWork in that regard. Um, the stuff we did for those guys was very different to the stuff we do for a, a sort of a different business um, at, at Regis. Then you go and sort of translate that into software sales and, and Yext and sort of how all that fits together. And actually, even though they're all under the bracket of B2B, I wouldn't do the same thing for all of them. They're all very, they're all very different businesses. And I, I suppose the commonality between all those B2B businesses is the idea of lead gen, but, but actually lead gen and deal cycles and how that all fits together can be very different across, across uh, even sort of sub-business sub, sub categories within B2B. Um, I think to me, the commonalities between B2B and e-commerce, we're both in, in, in all areas, we're trying to sell something. Um, more often mm. than not, there's a, there's a, there's a conversion objective. Um, actually, whether you're in B2B or, or you're an e-commerce brand, people are still trying to find information about you. They're finding information. Um, they're looking for more and more specific information. I love the stat that there's 15% of all searches are totally brand new every day. Um, it's about 800 million if you believe the numbers. But just, just think about that for a moment. 800 million searches a day have never, ever been seen before. The only way that could be achieved is through like really specific searches. Um, because there's only so many ways you can misspell shorter, shorter, um, shorter uh, <laughs> queries. Um, but yeah, so so actually, rather than look at the differences, actually, kind of is still the, this idea of people out there need information, and it might be, you know, how do I use your product versus how do I sign up to your product, and, and there might be nuances in that. But really, we need to focus on how we answer those questions, and in all instances, it is through content. It's through maximizing the data you're providing to search engines, whether that's through the content structured data, your online footprint. And actually, 
understanding the person. And I know a lot of people say understanding the intent, but I think intent just sort of has become this sort of a vague, bit of a vague word, like the way that we use keywords. It's the person. It's the moment that that person is going to have when they look for something and they need that next action. Understanding what the driving factor behind that is and providing an answer for it. Mm, that, I mean, I don't know how to follow that. That was a really awesome <laughs> answer, wasn't it? I don't know if that to it. It's kind of like, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've hit the nail on the head completely. It's it, actually, the, it, it's not that different now that we've asked you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there, there are clearly nuances. Um, e-commerce, you've got things like checkouts to think about and returns. Returns are a massive driving force behind a lot of, of, of how business works in, in, in the e-commerce world, which just doesn't exist in, in, the, in the B2B world. Like you don't return a software subscription. That, that's just not something you can do. Um, mm. So I think the, the questions and the, the sort of the outputs are different, but actually the process of people finding information is, is the same. And that's the same for travel and the same for even if you've got a blog and what you're trying to do is inform people to drive ad revenue, you're still trying to achieve the same thing. Mm. Awesome. Okay. Well, with it being Halloween just around the corner. Yes. This episode theme is on SEO horror stories. And um, as Sarah says, discussing ghosts of ranking past. So kicking off with that, what are some of the old SEO techniques that people still do now, which we're probably better off for not not being kind of widespread um, and potentially they're just, yeah, they're old, they're not great, but actually, yeah, why are we better off without them? So I'm going to try, this is always, it's always a tough one because you never want to like, you never want to offend anyone or someone's put all their hard work into it and then you turn around and be like, no, that's rubbish. Why are you doing that? Um, <laughs> So I think there's a, so, so firstly, there's still an industry out there for guest posting and guest posting where there's a value for SEO as opposed to just having an expert, subject matter expert in a field provide you some information. Um, I think what's really interesting with, with guest posting as a topic is as an industry, we've kind of gone, nope, this is, this is not mm. good, this is bad. But actually, isn't, isn't guest posting what, ultimately what what any news site is effectively doing it's inviting journalists and subject matter experts to come in and provide their thoughts and views on a topic in that context it's just good content and useful and informational content i think the challenge with guest posting is there's still that industry out there where people are writing one article pushing it out to 50 places for the value mm -hmm. of the link which um that that process that whole thing and i know there'll be people out there that say it still works and probably still does but that that sort of need we, we need to move on from that um, mm. if only because it's just creating this kind of density of information out there that's just not valuable to users, to people. They don't want to land on a website that could be ranked for a very specific query to realize it's just utter garbage. And the only thing that the only reason this exists is because it, it provides a link to the, to a site. That's just not helpful for the future of the web, so to speak. Mm. And it's all duplicate content at the end of the day, isn't it? We don't look at it like that, but even if it's on other people's websites, it's still duplicate. It is. Mm. That's a really, uh, and I think you've um, sort of hit the nail on the head again um, when you say sort of SEO is evolving. Um, so like you say, like the whole sort of um, guest posting with sort of, I don't know, posting it out and hoping anyone and everyone will reach it, like you say, that is not valuable. Um, and at the end of the day, when it comes to SEO, 
value is key, isn't it? Because you want to be valuable for readers, users, potential customers, potential subscribers, but you also want to be valuable for the search engines as well. So I I think it's, I think there's, there's a point of value and necessity, and we're, we're kind of getting to this point now. Um, Je- Jeff Steibel uh, also wrote, um, and, and Futurist, he wrote a book back in 2013 called Breakpoint. And if you guys haven't read it, it's it's awesome, right? It's, it's probably one of my all-time favorite books. Um, and some of the topics he talks about are a little bit dated in as much as he, there have been advancements that he's actually led himself that have sort of proven things different or wrong. But what he talks about is this idea of a breakpoint in networks. So... The web's a network. It's lots of documents connected together with links. Um, and actually, networks appear in nature, in your brain, in, in, in tons of different places. Um, when a network gets so big that it can't sustain itself, um, we, we hit what we call a breakpoint. And either the network dies and it, and it just breaks, or the network has to change the foundation that it's based on to survive. So you either change the rule that, that it lives by, or it, it just doesn't, it breaks or can't get any bigger. And what we're seeing with the web is that we've got a doubling of content every two years, if you believe in these Moore's law of, of how, you know, data doubles every every two years. Um, and, and search engines are struggling. They, you've got to remember that indexation and parsing and, and crawling is an intrinsic cost to search engines. It's the largest cost that any search engine has um, on, on the balance sheets. Um, so what I think we'll start to see, and we kind of already are, um, is Google will stop indexing or will reduce the amount of indexation it has for things it doesn't think is valuable or necessary to answer customer questions or answer specific user questions. Um, and we're already seeing that. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Search On recently, but the, 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 um, the, 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 the um, I can't, my brain's gone blank, the, the session <laughs> Google just did and there was a write-up after it. They're now talking about passage-based indexation. So there's a way of looking at that, which is Google's going to give you the specific piece of information that needs to answer a question. On the flip side, there's, well, Google is now going to a document, understanding what a document's about and only taking the bits it needs from it to fill a gap that it's got. Um, so I think it's less, are you valuable? Actually, do you have an intrinsic right to be um, to be indexed? And actually, do you fill a hole or solve a need that the search engine has? And if we don't do that, a search engine just does not have the data storage capabilities. It does not have the information storage capabilities to, to, to manage the web in the future. I think um, as you're talking there about the vast amount of content and the amount of data and yeah, it's only going to carry on growing. So I think um, the sort of trend that um, and me and Hannah have spoke about this is about um, more going down the route of content. Con- What's the word, Hannah? Cons. Oh, condensing? Condensing or consolid... What's the consolidation? Consolidation. Consolidation. Yeah. So one of the things that um, I think is going to lessen less work is where you have um, lots of different articles about very same um, or very similar topics or um, where what's much better is rather than having loads loads of content about topics that are too similar is about consolidating and having am I is that the right word of saying that consolidating consolidating that's right that's right Um, it's about sort of um, again going back to this value point and sort of condensing 
to a really good juicy bit of content that has all of this in because um yeah because google's getting better and better at like picking what it needs um and i've seen um i don't know when this came about but you know when when you see a feature snippet and you click the feature snippet and it goes to like the highlighted bit that it's taken so the anchored bit and stuff Mm -hmm. um so i think it's We've, we've always said that, um, or I'm always under the impression that it's about quality over quantity, but I think that's going to be more and more as what we're talking about. It's a really Did I say that the right way around? It's about yeah. quality, not quantity, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, absolutely. I think it's a really interesting topic because um, I actually, I've stopped thinking about content volume and content validity, let's call it, um, as, as sort of specific things and i like i i try and live at least two three four five years ahead of the industry just because i'm so interested in the science behind it and what the future innovations and technologies are and and there's some of the stuff that i talk about that i want i'm not doing day to day because it's so far ahead in the future that it's not valuable right now but if you understand where the search engine is heading you well i do it just because i'm interested and i'm a bit of a nerd yeah um <laughs> not really for any other reason but like actually to your point, consolidating content where content offers little value as a standalone piece makes a load of sense. On the flip side, offering specificity where you can still retain the value is really helpful to helping that search engine go, well, this is the bit of data that I need to answer this bit, this, this specific piece of this specific question or this specific um, query. And we've got to remember that Google has now got a brain at the heart of it and a really, really well-established brain. Um, it's no longer just pulling information off Wikipedia. It's got the whole web as its basis. Um, and advancements in natural language processing, and we talk about BERT to death, but BERT's becoming a bit of a red herring. Um, Google made, you know, said that they, they use BERT on every query. Well, of course they do. But there's a point there where if you look ahead, there's things like reformers and KBERT technology and all of these sort of advancements, next level iterations on the NLP that makes... that. Google is really good at recognizing concepts now um, and using that in meaningful ways. So it's as much about uh, the information you provide to the search engine and building that brain up as as it is about the the information the user receives and then acts on. And that's a it's a really interesting kind of paradox duality to me. I feel like you could could, um, tell us things for hours. Yes. I mean, I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm sorry. No, I love it. No, great. Honestly, I just feel like actually, and while you're talking, my mind's going in so many different directions. And it's just, it's amazing. I just, I wish I had your brain. You, you guys, you're too kind. But honestly, it, it's, it's like, honestly, it's all out there. There's so much documentation out there. It's just a case of like having the hours in the day to read it all. And I, I 100% don't, which is why I don't, I don't mind town or switch off on. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> we nerds, it's like this is a nerd. Um, what's the word? Um, a nerd safe space. We love nerds. Me and yeah. Hannah, we, we like to think of ourselves as nerds. Awesome. Okay, I want to move on and ask you, which is the most common horror story that you see today in e-commerce sites? Uh, I think it's the the developers forgot to take the robots tag or the the blocking tags out of the robots txt, uh, moving from from staging to to live, and the entire site just got blocked. That that's the one that I, I seem to ha- seems to happen loads. Um, 
the, the nature of e-commerce sites is there's always like a continuous development thing. We're always trying to make it better and better and better. And like, it's so easy to just not merge correctly. And yeah, it's, it's disastrous. Have you got any tips just for um, people who potentially wouldn't know how to check whether the whole site's in robots, like maybe like plugins or anything like that where you can check? Yeah, so um, I have something called Visual Ping, which is a free service. Um, and there's a paid for version of it and, it, and it's really cool. Um, and, and what Visual Ping will do is it will ping the site daily um, and it will tell you if the robot's TXT. And you can set it to say, well, has there been any changes to this document being the robot's TXT? Um, and it will just tell you if it's been updated or if there are any changes that happen to it. So it's not perfect in as much as you're not getting like hourly updates. And, and I'm sure you can pay for that if you want it. But just knowing... To, for it to ping at like 3 a.m., most most um, mergers happen later in the day from what I've seen and or, or most launches happen in a day. You're only ever going to be a couple of hours behind and it might impact the sort of parts of your site very quickly, like your homepage where Google is coming to you quite quickly. But, but what it won't do is completely, de- it won't completely de-index your or have de-indexed your product catalog by the time you've been able to see it that way, um, which is really helpful because trying to get your product catalog re-indexed at a time you know uh, google is not going to your products every single every single day um most likely um is really tough but getting your homepage back after a temporary blip is not not too difficult Mm. awesome that's really helpful thank you and is there a story that sticks in your mind maybe from your past where you've had to fix something horrific um yeah, I I had a, a business I worked with, and I wouldn't say it's a horror story actually. It was quite an, an interesting one, um, where their homepage just wouldn't rank for any reason. Like for their brand term, they just wouldn't, wouldn't be found. Um, and actually, it was like a, a login system that was 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 appearing above. Um, and when you started to unpick it, what you found was that they had a robots txt blocking that was then dry. So so you trying to take that out, and it still wasn't working the homepage had a canonical to a different version of the homepage that had an auto redirect to somewhere else completely different. Oh gosh. But then canonicalized itself back and you almost had like this five stage canonical redirect loop. Which wow, that is a horror story, isn't it? It was, it was, and, and I mean, the team at the time was saying, oh, you need to update the metadata. It's just, you're not giving clear enough signals. And actually it's a really simple technical fix, but when the business fixed it, it saw like a 15% increase in traffic overnight. It was incredible. Um, and, and and that was worth, you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of pounds to them. So, um, yeah, like it can be just the most minute things and sort of changes wise. Like it took a developer 10 minutes to fix it, um, mm. but it's just has this amazing effect. That's why I love, why, why I love SEO because you can do little things like that and it just changes overnight. I uh, saw, um, so Christina, um, who was on the last episode or one of our recent episodes, and she was saying, um, uh, she did a LinkedIn post and she was like, SEO is equal problem solvers, question mark. And I definitely think that, isn't it? Because a good SEO is all about problem solving. Um, And yeah, like you say, um, if something's not quite working or not getting results, then, or we did a bit of this on Friday, didn't we, Hannah? Like something wasn't like, for some reason, Google wasn't indexing a URL. So we had to um, look into, Mm. oh, what was going there? So what I quite like about SEO is, yeah putting your sort of Sherlock Holmes hat on <laughs> does he wear a hat I don't know um but it, I love the problem solving side I don't know if you guys agree oh, absolutely yeah. cool and 
Rick, have you got any tips for, I guess, people who don't have time to sort of manually check a site very regularly? Um, is there anything that they, they can do to safeguard against horrific things happening to their site? Well, I mean, we say that horrific things often happen. Like, they genuinely don't. I mean, I, I always live in the, in the... I have this mindset that websites are living beings, right? They, they're constantly changing. They're con like, there's no official state of perfection. Um, that changes over, over time. So, actually, no one is ever going to be on top of everything unless they are fully in control of every component of the website. So, if you're a blogger and you've only got you know, 20 pages on your website is a small example. And using a WordPress site, you probably have full control. You know what's going to change and what isn't going to change. But if you're part of a big org with multiple different teams and, and, and components, you're probably never going to know what's happening. So part of it, I suppose, is just accepting that when there's multiple people invested in a website, things change and actually you can't stay on top of it. Um, the other side is you can... I see. I'm, I have a very interesting view of, of or quite a different view, I think, to most of the industry on, on on rankings. I don't think rankings are valuable for performance metrics, but as a canary down the mine and to understand if things have broken, particularly in certain sections of the website, um, it can be really helpful. So, mm -hmm. just getting yourself a really good rank tracker, something like I don't know a SEMrush or an SEO monitor or a PyData metrics, if you if you're at the enterprise level, and just having that going on. So, you, and, and using the alert features, they all have alert features to tell you if you've got any kind of significant movement so not we were position two now we're position three but we were position two now we don't rank at all um, and set up for like these 500 terms that can be a really good indication of what's going on uh, if you don't have time to constantly check awesome right time is flying like hannah said i could just listen to you talk and yeah like i feel like I'm making my brain be a sponge, like taking what you're saying, taking what you're saying. Um, but time is flying um, and we've got to make sure that we've got time for the future. We do. So last question, um, how how do you keep up with the latest in the SEO world? Where are your favorite places to go? So I love Twitter. I absolutely yes. love Twitter. Um, I, I mean, I do the sort of, Everyone I know um, follows Barry and follows, um, you know, and, and checks out his his publication is on search engine land and all the kind of big places. But um, forget whether you interact with people on Twitter and you kind of engage just following a load of people and hearing what they have to say um, can just tell you stuff that's happening um, in, in real time. So there's a few people that I, I constantly look out for. So if it's information retrieval or it's the science uh, and the patents, that's sort of Bill Slorsky, that's Dawn Anderson. If it's more of the business stuff that goes on, so Google making big changes, that might be Gennaro, can never pronounce his name, Cofano. <laughs> um, but if it's kind of up-to-date stuff, um, I'll also see there's a, there's, a, there's a mega thread that goes on on Twitter that we've got. Um, shout out the team at the mega thread. Um, there's a whole group of people that are constantly talking about it because as you, as you guys said earlier like for a lot of us this is our our hobby as much as it's our job um and we're like we're all genuinely interested in what happens so you can very quickly find out if things are going on or new innovations and updates um but what i would also do is i'd follow a few people just outside like just in the search adjacent stuff so um there's a there's a few people in paid search um a few people in like, programmatic display that I, I follow just because it's good to know what they're doing and also mm. information retrieval side and on the AI side, um, there's a, there's a few people and I would check out like 
Dawn Anderson always retweets some amazing people. Um, worth looking at who she's talking about or what she's talking about because it's killer every time. Um, machine learning and AI wise, I would recommend Brittany, Brittany Miller. Yeah, Brittany's great too. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, she, yeah. Um, but awesome, 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 awesome. Right, are you guys excited and thrilled for this week's feature? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys, sound like you are. Yes, um, let's do it. <laughs> so, obviously, it's Halloween themed um, because, yes, um, it's Halloween is just around the corner or it just happened. I don't know. I should really know when this episode is going live. But anyway, um, so. I have gone to um, my favorite keyword research tool at the moment, which is Bright Edge. Um, and I have done some research into uh, terms around Halloween. So Halloween related queries, and it's a higher and lower. So you guys need to take it in turns to say if the next search term gets higher search volumes monthly on average or lower. Does is that crystal clear or clear as mud? No, clear. That that makes sense. It's good. Okay. So Rick, seeing as you are the guest, would you like to go first or would you like Hannah to go first? Uh I'll go first. So you go first. Taking it in terms. So, um, oh, and it might also be, so it might be more, less, or the same. Yeah? Oh, that, that's a whole new dimension. Um, <laughs> it's really right. easy. You've got out of, I wouldn't say a 50-50% chance. What is it? 33.333. 33. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, we're starting off with, um, the term is pumpkin carving. Okay. And that gets 49,500 searches per month around, yeah, um, which is quite interesting, isn't it? Um, yep. I'm guessing that uh, peaks over Halloween, because obviously it's an average over the year. So um, Halloween costume ideas. Rick, does that get more the same or less searches than pumpkin carving? Uh, less. You are wrong. Oh, it's the same. It's the same. Okay. Yes. So as many people want Halloween costume ideas as want pumpkin carving ideas. You see, you throw that extra dimension in and I'm already, already falling behind. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, so funny Halloween costumes. Does that get more, less or the same as Halloween costume ideas? Less. You are correct. Yay. I think that was easier than yours, Yay. Rick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rick, scary Halloween costumes, more or less than funny? So do we think people want more funny ones or more scary ones? I'm going to say more. No, people no want way. more funny ones. No way. Well, pe people need to watch some scary movies and... Remember what Halloween is all about. Well, what, what is Halloween about again? <laughs> um, ghouls, ghosts, skeletons, That's witches. Scary. 
Yeah. Yeah, but maybe maybe people want to be oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this is this is bright edge data, by the way. Oh. Uh, okay, so who's up now? Hannah, dog Halloween costume. Does that get more or less than scary Halloween costumes? I'm hoping less. No! Oh, <laughs> people dogs don't want to wear costumes. Or is it people want to dress up as dogs? Oh, well, that's oh, hang on. Dog Halloween costume. That's an intent question right there, isn't it? I mean, it could be either, I suppose. Quick, go to the stud. Snoop's, um, not Snoop Dog. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I can't believe I got Scooby-Doo and Snoop Dog confused then. I can. I just, just thinking maybe, yeah. Anyway, um, Rick, cat Halloween costumes. More or less than dog, all the same. Uh, more. No, less. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you guys are not doing very well, are you? I mean, but, Hannah, you're winning because you've got one right. Unfortunately, Rick, you haven't got one I right so I far. I haven't got any right. Um, but I was really hoping that more people would want to dress up as cats than than, than dogs. But, you know, if I, I, if I try and put a Halloween, we, we tried this. If we put any sort of Halloween outfit on, this, on, on, on our cat, is not a big fan so i can see that i can see that i can see that okay some more then so hannah halloween cookies more less or the same as cat halloween costume again i'm going to put my faith in people and that they want to eat more than dress their cat up so i'm going to say more <laughs> no less oh, what is wrong with you <laughs> this is the best game <laughs> right uh rick Halloween decorations, more, less, or the same than cookies? More? Yes! <laughs> yes! I got one right. I'm so happy for you. Um, <laughs> this is so good. Oh, gosh. Right. So you've both got one right each. Um, so the last one uh, you're going to have to do, you're both going to have to say to make it fair. So... <laughs> sexy Halloween costumes (laughs) what do you guys think are you do you guys think it's more less or the same so Rick you give me your answer first I I have to say if I'm gonna take like precedent from all of the ones you've just done and just say that I feel like it'd be more so you think people want to be sexy for Halloween rather than get the scary decorations? They, they seem to want to dress their cats up more than eat cookies. So anything is possible at this point. <laughs> anything. Hannah, what do you think? I'm going to say less just so that it's the different answer. Oh, very good. Well, Hannah, you were right to go less <laughs> because you are this week's winner. Well Yay! done round of applause made my weekend. um see right you know how you said that um i don't know if we were recording by then but you said that you always feel a bit stressed when it's uh sarah's feature that was a quite fun one wasn't it yes that wasn't very painful thank you <laughs> it wasn't very just a little bit painful a bit of discomfort <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, Rick, that you are the loser this week. I mean, mean, uh, to to a worthy winner, to a worthy winner. (laughs) Thank you so much. I mean, you've shown how incredibly intelligent you are. And yeah, the the Halloween takes nothing away from that. Um, Hannah, as this week's uh, Victor, is that right? 
Uh, would you like to say any, like, would you like a small speech? Like, yeah. Would you like to thank anyone? Yeah, I would actually, yeah. I think um, I had a realisation this morning. I got up at 5.30 for the first time, probably in the whole of lockdown. And I realised that actually I'm meant to get up early. I'm not meant to get up at half seven, eight o'clock. And I think you guys should too, because then you'll be a winner like me. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Uh, Rick, <laughs> any any words to Hannah that you want to say? Any anything like you know? Uh, a worthy winner in the world of Halloween. I will come to you for advice, uh, <laughs> and uh, you are the uh, expert in all things Halloween search related. And I defer to you as winner. <laughs> Hannah's going to put this on her LinkedIn. I know, I only got two right. Halloween <laughs> SEO expert. Yeah, I got two right. <laughs> but thanks. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I've had a wonderful time, folks. This has been so great. Uh, um, Rick. <laughs> well, I know I said. <laughs> That, this is my noise of birth. Oh, okay. Every time I do that, people think it's like another one. But anyway, um, right. Rick, where can people find you? Where where will you be hiding behind a corner to jump out and surprise people? Uh, I hope you don't do that. That does sound very uh, No, nowhere. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. I do a bit of LinkedIn every now and again. I'm on Twitter uh, at Rick Rodriguez underscore UK, which is my handle from all the way back when I was a link builder and didn't know what SEO was. And I feel like I'd probably need to change that soon. It's a bit old. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Hannah, how can people get in touch with us? Uh, email us hello at seosaspodcast.com. Um, also on Twitter, SEO underscore SES, or you, Sarah McDuck, or Sarah MCDUK, to be precise, or me, SEO SES <laughs> Hannah. And also, you can also find Hannah at um, Hannah will sort your Halloween searchings out.com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm really milking this um but yes no the only other thing that I would say is that if you like the podcast please do subscribe because uh, not only do you get alerts when new ones are ready for your ears but also that helps us um and a review is nice as well um because yes it means that it's nice to know what we're doing is resonating and people are liking it so if you fancy giving us a review that would make mine and Hannah's bloody day wouldn't it Hannah even more than winning the quiz today yes <laughs> Rick before we all say goodbye I mean this doesn't have to be related to SEO but your quick one-liner wise words of wisdom keep learning Please. yes I love it that so is a good one right shall we all say goodbye thank you Rick thank you guys wonderful talking to you thank you very much until next time bye